Hi, everybody. Tony Marcolini here. Welcome to the podcast, It May Interest You to Know. I'm joined today by screenwriter Glenn Acosta. Welcome, Glenn. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, well, we're thrilled you're here. I wanted to talk to you because, I I mean, of course, I follow you. uh, I follow you on LinkedIn. Uh, I've kind of had my eye on your, your career for a little bit now. And I thought you come at life from a very interesting perspective, right? You, you're interested in uh, all different stories, especially, and we're going to get into what's on your, your, you know, your, your palette right now. There's a, there's a whole bunch of projects that you're in the middle of. Uh, but there were so many stories that I thought ran the spectrum, you know, of, uh, of you're not just telling emotional stories or action stories. I mean, you're kind of have your hand in a lot of different uh, types of stories and you seem very observational to me uh, about life. And I thought, boy, he's going to be interesting to talk to about creativity. So I think before I get into your projects, I want to ask you, what does creativity look like for you? How, how do you create your stories? Um, you know, most of the time is kind of being in a place or in a moment and something happens. Like, for example, uh, one summer I was up in upstate New York, uh, near Lake Placid, a place called Lake uh, Gay Lake. And, um, and there was this big lightning storm that occurred. And you can see the lightning, you know, striking the lake, almost like tentacles. And so when I was standing, standing there looking at it, uh, and I should have been inside, but nonetheless, nonetheless <laughs> I was outside. And, and, and so it occurred to me, what if I was struck and all of a sudden I got a glimpse into the future and it was something dark that occurred in the future. And all of a sudden uh, I, I come out of it and I'm like, I'm going, okay, how do I prevent it from happening? So that's one example of, you know, being in the moment. The other is, um, so I was in Half Moon Bay one day, and so I walked into this restaurant, which is right next to the ocean. And as I'm walking in, there's this photo of a shipwreck that occurred in Half Moon Bay. And you can see people on the beach. You can see the shipwreck back there. And, and I was like, wow, that would make like an amazing love story, kind of like, you know, heartbreak that occurred, you know, uh, and so when I see things, you know, I kind of absorb them and, and try to make them into a, a compelling story. So I, I try to blend a little bit of sometimes sci-fi, a little bit of action, a little bit of this. I, I'm not really stuck on one genre. No, you're not. I mean, I was looking, because uh, uh, you had one story about a justice, all right, a, a, a woman who sits on the court um, who suffers from, I want to say dementia, or is it Alzheimer's? Alzheimer's, I think. Um, and you also had one like about a paralyzed man and one, I mean, it was just like all over the place. And some seem to have that action adventure and some seem to have uh, like these, uh, cap trying to capture these moments of great humanity. 
uh, and that's kind of what interested me or drew me to you. I said, typically authors and, and writers stay within their genre, right? They, they kind of, they stay in their lane of what they write. And you seemed very creative to me. It seems like you, you picked these diverse universes to step into. And I was just curious, like how, how you know, how you created uh, all of that. I mean, some people, I've had uh, people on the podcast tell me, authors, that uh, they meditate and then they sit down at the computer and their fingers just go, right? Like they just get lost in the world. The characters speak to them and, you know, that's how they create. They don't think or plan in advance. I've had some tell me that, you know, I go for a run uh, and suddenly I spot somebody on the corner and, you know, something interesting seems to me and that's my spark. And then I, and you know, I, I go and I tell that story as to what I think I observed. Uh, I've had people tell me I go strictly on my life experiences. <laughs> but you are so you're you're so diverse in what you're writing. But I was like, where you know, how do you create? Because your mind seems to be wide open. Well, um, one I like being emotionally connected to something that I see. So, like if I'm walking through a museum and I see different kinds of paintings, but then I see one over there that I go, I can't stop looking at it. And, I, and, and I'm like, I need to get closer to it and kind of absorb, hopefully, what the artist is trying to do or say. And then all of a sudden, I, I connect with it. And, and then I, I start getting inspired to, to write about something related to that. So I think it's just, and, and the place could be completely different. And the theme could be completely different. It's just kind of like, that emotional connection. And I think part of it is because I have kind of this diverse thinking in my head. I'm like, I'm trained. I think I dropped you. Did we drop you? Am I still here? Yeah, you're back now. Okay. Okay. <laughs> but what I was, what I was trying to say was that, um, um, you know, I've, I have like two sides of the brain that work, you know, at the same time, my, my engineering side and then my writing side and then, you know, this other side. And so when you have that, anything is possible. I, mean, I can write about anything, you, you, you know, sci-fi as well. Did you always want to be a writer? Um, I liked writing uh, for a long time. You know, I grew up in the projects in the Bronx and so um, it was kind of a little bit of escape from, you know, from being poor. Uh, and then it kind of evolved from that. So I was like, um, you know, I would take the train, the subway down to, to Central Park with my parents. And sometimes I would walk by the Upper East Side and I would see these beautiful buildings and, and, and homes. And so I would imagine myself in their life. I would walk around going, you know, wouldn't it be great? What would that be like? And so then my imagination started going and I would start writing about what that life would look like. And then um, eventually it, I kind of evolved into the screenwriter uh, when I saw a photograph of uh, my college sweetheart. And, you know, it was a heartbreak uh, thing. She broke up with me a year before, you know, I was supposed to get married to her. And uh, so when I saw the photograph, it kind of like, sparked something and I was watching movies at the time. I said, yeah, maybe I could write a movie about this emotional, you know, pain. Yeah. And, and, and so um, so that's that was my first script. I I, I, rat, I wrote something up related to that. 
going back to a class reunion. And so I said, you know, let me submit, to, submit it to a contest and see what happens. And long and behold, I, I was like a semifinalist. Oh, yeah. I mean, you've won. I mean, there's a, there's a large list of accolades uh, from several, not only contests, uh, film uh, festivals and the like that have acknowledged and recognized you. Congratulations. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's been uh, very elating. <laughs> I, I feel like a different person, you know, sometimes. I was, like, that, was that me, really? That guy? <laughs> <laughs> well, and I saw that recently you, uh, you're you pitching a new project. Uh, I think there was a picture uh, you had up. Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think, was in the picture. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was a while ago. Um, it was a, a pilot that I wrote called The Blanked, and it was about um, a criminal and a victim where their memories get erased, and they're, they're kind of reintroduced to society. But then later they meet up by coincidence, not knowing their background, and they become lovers. So in before the memories got erased, they were, you know, had this really horrific life together or short, short life. And then now they're lovers. And so it's about exploring the question of is terrible behavior environmental or is it DNA? Is it in your DNA? And so, um, so I, I wrote it, I, I won a, a contest. And so the, the, the folks that put together the contest, they put me in touch with um, a few folks. And then I got a producer, I got a director, uh, had an a, a, uh, A-list actor potentially being part of it. And so things started like picking up and uh, came close to getting it produced. But you know how Hollywood, it's like, you know, it's like a crapshoot, right? You may win, you may not win, you don't know <laughs> until it's actually being filled, right? So very true. So is it is it still something that's in the in your orbit or have you kind of put it aside? So I, I put it aside for now. I mean, it was in play for a while. I got an option, they got shopped around. And so um, I decided, okay, I'm just gonna move on and do other things because sometimes when you go in for a pitch. They're like, you know, I'm not really, I'm not really feeling that. What else do you got? So if you have like this library of things to offer, it makes it a lot better uh, or improves your chances of, of actually selling something, getting it produced. Oh, yeah, I agree. Um, so let's talk about nobodies. Yeah, so, so that was a, a short film. Um, I Someone offered me the opportunity to be a, a co-producer on it. And it was filmed the back east. Uh, it had a you know a fairly well known actor involved, and so I was just part of the the team. I wasn't you know uh, I wasn't uh, on the set per se, but I was more a producer type of person on the team. So now I know meant, you know which meant giving money <laughs> and participating a little bit, reading the script and that kind of thing. Now, is some, being a producer something that's uh, of interest to you, or do you want to stick to writing only? Um, you know, I would love to, but that requires, like, leaving your world and, and doing this thing you know, entirely, being all in. Um, and so I have friends that are producers, and, it, again, it's a very hit-and-miss lifestyle. Yeah. Right? You know, they might get a little movement, they may not. And so I, I know someone that tried it for a few years and kind of gave up. So 
I didn't see that much different than being a writer. It's like, all right, I'll, I'll stay in my lane. I'll stay in my lane. <laughs> now, what about Glimpse, right? You partnered with a, another writer uh, yes. to, to create that. What was that? First of all, what was it like to partner with somebody? Very different than writing independently, I would think. You know, I was very fortunate to, um, to partner with them because Andy Frumke is his name. He's from uh, Wisconsin uh, and amazing writer. Everything that he writes gets the highest marks for writing. He gets to recommend on everything. So he's like, it, it, he touches it in his gold. You know, I was like, all right. So, so he read my, my first uh, version of it. And he really liked it. He says, oh my gosh, this is really awesome. Great concept, whatever. And so can I be, can I help you make the next version, right? And so I said, okay, sure. And I gave him all kinds of freedom. So like two months later, he comes back and he says, okay, read it. What'd you think? And I was like, oh my God. And so I shared it with my fellow screenwriters and they're like, oh my gosh. And so we submitted it to the Awesome Film Festival. So it's one of the biggest, you know, screenwriting contests in the world, like seven to 9,000 people enter. And so we made it to the next, to the second round, which is like the top 10%. And so, uh, so he, he just made, made things better. And I learned about character development, like these little things that you do in scenes to reveal the character was just awesome. He was just a talented guy. I'm like, all right, I need I need to be like him. <laughs> I need to write like him because he's he's like a step up. He's like so he up. he became sort of a mentor then. That was a positive experience. He did, and so I I learned a lot from that experience. Now, talk to me about the the uh, the project you have about the justice. Uh, is that still is that still something you're working on? Because I was interested because of the legal connection. Yeah, so um, I'm still working on a different version of it. Um, so I like the idea, especially since mental illness has been kind of a present day problem. Right. So I thought, you know, what if there was a Supreme Court justice that had a psychotic break and she's struggling because she doesn't know what's real or has this, you know, something is going wrong where she can't keep it together, but she has to because there's this landmark case she wants to be a part of. And she doesn't want to get thrown off the court, even though you, theoretically you can't, but she's trying to keep it together. And so I thought that would be like a fascinating, you know, story. And so I submitted it to a contest. I had a, someone review it. They liked the idea, but they wanted me to take a different angle. And so, so I'm trying to write that different angle. And then there was a second angle. So this is, this is when you get feedback from people. What about focusing on the law clerks? Because I bring in the law clerks for the Supreme Court. Focus on that. Because that would make like a fascinating TV series. So I said, all right, let me, let me do this first and then I'll get to that. <laughs> well, sure. I, I think, uh, yeah, I mean, that does sound like a very interesting story. Um, I, I think justices you know they are appointed for life uh, certainly you can impeach but i i can think of maybe one time in history uh, you know that that that's actually happened um so they usually sit until they pass or retire and i guess 
having a justice with Alzheimer's or or some level of uh, of uh, mental illness uh, would be uh, would be you know interesting to say the least. I'm sure the script was fascinating. Yeah, it's just um, there's just a lot of gripping moments, you know, and so I. Um, I remember getting feedback on one script that said, okay, I don't really know your character. Can you show me who she is? So I've, I've kept that in the back of my mind so that when I wrote the pilot, I focused on her and why she got there. How, what made her her? And then get into all the drama from the, you know, folks in Congress want to move in to, to impeach her, but really tell me about her. Why is she who she is? And so I, I focused on a little bit of a flashback when growing up and the devastating moments she had and what made her who she is on the Supreme Court. And so I thought that would be like a great start because then you would see why she does things her way. What's the most what's the most memorable moment in your career thus far for you? For me, um, was going to pitch um, the blank to uh, Black Pills. So I drove all the way over to, you know, uh, Manhattan Beach. And they have this, um, this house that converted into offices. And so I walked in. And we go upstairs, what used to be the master bedroom, now it's like a business conference table. And, and so I have all the creatives there, uh, executives, and I'm pitching it. And they're like, you know, I really like this. And wow, that's a great idea. And they're like, what else you got too? Because they're like, I want to read all your stuff. <laughs> so it was like, it was like that one moment where I felt like, the oh my stars. gosh, I, it, yeah, the stars aligned and, and they're actually like my stuff and they're interested. And it's like, oh, Chris is great. So that was like my, my, my moment. Even though it didn't get produced in the end, it was like they liked it, you know. It's like great affirmation. Well, well, I think there's a lot of that, right, in the entertainment field. Uh, I think that so many good writers have great ideas. Uh, and what explains why one gets produced over the other? I mean, that's just not a mystery I'm capable of unraveling, <laughs> right? So um, I guess, you know, it, 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 there is where you have an abundance, um, you know, it's like having a buffet of delicious food and you can only eat so much and, um, you know, and they, they pick certain things and then, and then some of the other things go unnoticed. Uh, but sometimes... I think what does get produced doesn't look nearly as good of, as the ideas I've heard of things that, uh, ha, you know, have not uh, been produced. So I, I, I don't even understand the the formula necessarily or the, the method behind that uh, system. So I think for many writers, it's disheartening. It is. It is. It's like making sausage in Hollywood. You know, you don't know what's going to come out. <laughs> uh, or you're eating jambalaya, are you eating chicken, are you eating this? But it's essentially, you know, um, leaving it to others to make the decisions, which is hard for a screenwriter because we want to be there to, to make it happen, but we don't have the, uh, the wherewithal to do it, right? Others are going to make that decision, decision for you. Uh, 
Right. It's not the same with almost any other career, right? Because if yeah. you want to be a doctor or a lawyer, you can go to school and, and learn and get your license. And, you know, even if you couldn't get a job at a law firm or a, a, a doctor in other doctor's office, you can hang your own shingle out and start uh, practicing. I mean, at the end of the day. Uh, most fields, if you want to be that, you just need to get the training and you can go out into the world and be what you want to be. Uh, but with writing, th there's a very unique spin to that career because whether it's books or it's, uh, or it's a play uh, for the theater uh, or it's, you know, for the movie theater or for it's for the television, all of those things require a rubber stamp from somebody other than you. Uh, you know, although I will say that now I think things are far better than they ever were because there's this unique opportunity called the internet where you can produce and suddenly distribute work independently and do it without uh, approval. But then comes in the interest, you know, where do we get the financing for that? So it does, it does put a bunch of other questions out there. But in theory, uh, you could distribute your own work through so many other methods on the internet. So I do think it's better than it used to be. Um, but still, I feel that because for the most part, to do anything grand or scale, you need somebody else's approval. And that can absolutely. be very heartbreaking. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, um, there's a whole world into getting your script produced. It's like um, you have to get it packaged. You have to get a producer on board, director on board, some actors on board. And even with that, they, it may not happen, right? So, um, so it's totally out of your control, <laughs> which, is, which is the frustrating part. Right, and very different than many other areas. <laughs> right? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, most other careers, you can you can get training and be in that career. And, uh, you can have the best script in the world, and it'll sit on the shelf for a while. Or, I mean, it, it may sit on the shelf forever, right? Right. So um, it's, it really is almost like when you walk into the casino and you see photographs of of people that have won the, the, the slot machine. <laughs> it's kind of like those odds, you know? So tell me what you're working on now. Um, so right now I'm doing the, um, the new version of the Supreme Court Justice. Uh, it's called yeah. um, Break on Second Street. And Second Street is after the, the, the street behind the Supreme Court. Uh, and so she has a psychotic break. That's why I call it that. Like, um, that's why I call it like that. Um, I like that. So, uh, and then the the other one is the one about the shipwreck. Um, it's based on a true story. the The ship was called the New York, and really? um, yes, and um, it got shipwrecked in Half Moon Bay, and so I'm I'm trying to make it into a um, kind of like a notebook, but something a little more you know, uh, something a little different than that, but, you know, that kind of emotional gut-wrenching movie where you, you're, it gets worse for the couple and then all of a sudden in the end, you know, it, it, it you know, it's happy, so. And how much, you, I mean, how much of your day do you get to spend writing? Um, there lies the rub because, you know, I, 
I only get like an hour or so a day because then I have other things to do. So I, I get up early in the morning, uh, get my coffee, uh, sit down, and I spend the first few minutes trying to come back to where I left off, mm. get those same emotional uh, feelings again, the, the, that moment in the scene, and then go from there. So Now... Do, do you do you outline because I find this a really interesting question we had Matthew Dix here author of a lot of great books and he said I I tried writing with an outline like preparing my story ahead of time when I first started writing he said and that was just a fail for me <laughs> he said I I can't write from an outline I, I did it didn't work for me at all uh, he said I needed to let the characters just speak through me Right to the point where he said, I have nothing in my head except the the idea of where I, what I want to do. And I sit down at the computer and my fingers just take over. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I really find that fascinating. Like he literally doesn't know until until it's just happening. It's almost like the character is telling him what happens next. And to the point where he tells this story, he told me the story about, uh, his wife calling and he answers the phone. He says, no, I got to go. Like, the, you know, the, he's about to, you know, walk through the door and she says, oh, you know, what are you going to do? Is he going to live or die? Like, and she he says, I don't know. It hasn't happened yet. Like he literally needed to go back to the computer to find out because in his own mind, he didn't know. <laughs> like that's how much he needed to see it, you know, and while he was just sitting there and it came through to him. So do you write that way or do you have an outline? You kind of pre-plan the story, know where you're going, have a breakdown of scenes. What works? So that's a funny question because I started off with that style where you sat down, where I sat down and just started writing and see where I go, right? Um, but I found that Hollywood is very, very strict when it comes to structure. They want certain beats to happen at a certain time. So structure is extremely important, which means it's sort of like an outline. You have to know where things are gonna happen at a certain page count and then build on that. So, um, you know, then think about the characters and why they're motivated to do stuff. Uh, think about the theme, think about the B story. Uh, and then the last thing is the dialogue. So you kind of have to follow that uh, if you really want to meet the, the Hollywood requirements. So yeah, structure is probably the number one thing that that's the most important thing in screenwriting. So in theory, I mean, it's much harder uh, between writing a book. Uh, I guess maybe you'll have a little more flexibility to be able to do something like that as opposed to writing a movie uh, where you do need to follow some level of structure. So planning is better. <laughs> yes, storyboarding and giving the characters a goal. So like if you watch any movie, right? Um, they always have a goal. The obstacles get worse and worse and worse. Punishing things happen to our protagonist and you're like, oh my gosh. And then you start cheering for him, right? So if you look at Shawshank Redemption, you see the punishing things that happen to Andy Dufresne, right? Right. You're like, you're like, you're, you're like, please, you know, get him out of there. So, uh, so there are certain things that have known over time to work. So you need to think about that when you write.
What advice would you give a young screenwriter? I mean, is this a career you'd still recommend? Um, what I would say is start off as a hobby until it's not. So I like um, that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, keep getting better and better as a writer. And then someday that'll be your job. But until then, do something else. And just kind of like, you know, if, if you like tennis, you're not going to be in the U.S. Open right away, right? So just play tennis, get better and better, and all of a sudden you're in tournaments, right? So same thing. Do you have a lot of input on your scripts? Like, I mean, do you write them and then say to, you know, your friends or uh, somebody's opinion you respect, can you read this? Or do you go straight from you to a pitch meeting? Uh, no, it's very important that the script be ready for that. So, and what you have to do is get a coverage uh, for that, which means a professional reader for Hollywood that reads for studios, goes over your script, critiques it, and gives you a grade. So it, the minimum you need to, to pitch is um, um, consider. The top ranking is recommend. So if you're recommend, you're, you're ready to go. That means it's, it's basically flawless. Uh, consider means it's good. You need a few more tweaks, but it's good. And so, so it's a very important to have a professional reader, you know, critique it, give you a ranking, point out the flaws, and then fix them. And, and how, does the, how would the average person just starting out get that level of uh, critique? Uh, you pay for it. So there's several uh, script readers uh, services that are out there. Uh, I use Coverage Inc. Uh, periodically, and I find them to give me very, very good feedback. Uh, and, and so when I implement their feedback, it, it works out. It works out. So. Well, I mean, I definitely see that you feel you're passionate about writing and, you know, and I, I think it's, I still think it's fascinating how broad your, your very eclectic tastes are in what you write. Uh, because I, I, when I looked in preparing for today uh, and I was going through a lot of the different projects that you've been involved with and the stories that you've written, I thought it was so impressive that you went from like sci-fi elements, right? Because you had that one about the paralyzed uh, gentleman. He, he winds up being paralyzed in a car accident, I think, and uh, then he, he, he sees some, some kind of visions of, uh, is it future accidents or does this sound familiar to you? Yes. It's, it's, um, it's a TV series called Walker and yeah, that's it. It's about a guy that, um, uh, is in a car accident. He loses his wife and daughter. And so, um, but during the accident or, or a consequence of it is that, he gets to communicate to people that are near death and are about to die or in a coma or something like that. And so he starts, he's in the hospital and he, and he gets this vision essentially of someone waiting for him that needs his help because he's about to die. And he wants him, he needs his help to connect with his ex-girlfriend, you know, his ex-wife, whatever. And so, uh, so he uses this new found uh, ability to help others and so um 
but in doing so, he heals himself from the trauma of losing his wife and daughter and, and, um, and becomes a, a better person because he was very bitter about what happened. Um, and then my favorite scene is towards the end when, because his, his, his wife and daughter are, are, you know, in the basement of the hospital uh, and they're passed away, you know, they, they're dead. So he goes down there uh, in his wheelchair, he touches them and he's transported into where they are, this in, in between place between heaven and earth. And he gets to spend time with them on the beach, watching the sunset before they move on. So, you know, um, I, I guess I, I have to admit I like chick flicks. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, but yeah, that's a little something for everyone. I mean, yeah. that's that the bridging, you know, the, the between, uh, like I said, something science fiction-y, uh, you know, to something that's emotional and raw and overwhelming feelings uh, coming out. And I think that it really, it really kind of spoke to me that you were able to 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 take a piece of all of that because you don't usually see that you usually see sci-fi writers writing you know uh, exciting uh you know fancy equipment uh stories right, right. <laughs> you know right. that, that are, are, are more action adventure in space or uh fancy tricks of you know uh, how to do stuff and, and the emotional ones are usually, you know, the emotional ones. Somebody goes through the, the, some tear-jerking experience and, um, and the chick flick genre, as you, as you just referred to it. <laughs> but you don't usually see them together. And I thought, that's so interesting. Like, you, you paired this accomplished woman with Alzheimer's uh, and, and then tried to create this story where, not that there's science fiction, but there's just this element of, you know, topsy turvy. What's going to happen? You know, how crazy are things going to get? You know, in in her world, with her pairing her extreme responsibility to be doing important things with a failing, uh, you know, with a failing uh, sense of, you know, abilities. You know, and and trying to pair those two together, and the emotionalness that goes into, of course, anybody who has Alzheimer's and is starting to disappear right before uh, their loved one's very eyes. And I thought like pairing all those things together, I, I think there's some amazing gift that you have there that you're able to pick, you know, so, so many different things and then put them together in such creative stories that nobody, nobody else is doing or would think of. Well, thank you. I, I, you know, I, I look back at movies that I really liked and that touched me that way. Like Arrival is a sci-fi, but there's a, a strong emotional thread throughout that movie. Uh, and um, Somewhere in Time with Christopher Reeves, where he gets trans transported back in time because he can't stop thinking about the woman in that, in that picture and why she's familiar. And it's because she's... He, he's been with her before he doesn't know that and so you know there's there's a strong human connection emotional connection in that movie so i i like those kind of films and so I, I wanted to be that kind of writer and it appears you are i mean the stories <laughs> that you're putting together are yeah, thank you you know pretty magnificent yeah thanks <laughs> so talk to me you know about 
where you know where you're heading now i mean what what do you see moving forward for your career um i think once i have uh three more uh scripts uh, maybe a couple one feature two tv um i will be networking again and using going to people that i know and trying to find the right match you know because it's sometimes it's about the one person that likes it uh in in hollywood and so you know i hear the stories of many scripts that were rejected time and time again but that one producer just loved it and said i have to do this so finding that one person is is my mission and that's that's where that's what i want to do in the next three years find that one person <laughs> and right now you're you're uh continuing to put together your the projects that you want to focus on most because yes. you have so many i mean there's been so many you know that you are uh, you're developing but you you want to narrow it down i guess to the, the projects that you're most committed to yeah yeah and you know just package them in a way that it's compelling you have to you have to want to do it you know so that's that's where i want to go well wonderful I mean, I'm so thrilled that you came here to talk to us. I, I really do admire the way, you know, you write and the way you tell stories. I think Thank you. I think uh, the world should be filled with with storytellers just like you, right? That they, they make the world uh, that much more interesting. And have you, well, I mean, you before I let you go, I have to say, have you ever thought about writing a book or is that just not your your thing? Um I think it's too many words. <laughs> I mean, you got to start developing the whole scene, the whole feeling behind it. Whereas in screenwriting, you get to the point quickly. You have a short description of the scene. You get into the characters and the dialogue. So that's kind of my, that's good enough for me. It's that's your jam. <laughs> I'm good with that. Because <laughs> I'm thinking any one of those stories, you know, would make a, a very compelling book. Um, I'm, a, I'm a bit of an avid reader and I I read uh, one, two books a week. At, oh, wow. Like, yeah. So I'm like, I'm always sitting with my nook in my hand every like free minute I have. So I guess I th I'm always looking for new stories. And I think any one of those stories in a book is something I would jump at getting the opportunity to read. So. I'll go see yeah, the I movies. Wish. I'll go see the movies yeah. when they come out. Too. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm more the the movie kind of guy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, see my I story on screen. And I think it's what you have a passion for. Uh, it, it strikes me that it's one or the other, uh, right? There, most of the authors I know really enjoy their their time uh, behind the you know behind the screen, you know, writing their book. Although they may have editors that edit the work, they are independently creating the story. It sinks or swims with them. Whereas, as I've said before, I think creating things like television and movies, very collaborative, totally different. You are creating, uh, you know, what you like to see, the paper version, 
right, of what you'd like to see or what you're seeing in your head. And then somebody else comes along and actors have to breathe life into those characters because it's a visual art, you know, that they're, mm -hmm. that they're watching. Uh, and then somebody else has to be the cinematographer and decide what are the right angles? How are we going to capture this story so that we're picking up other cues besides the words? Uh, and then somebody else comes along and edit and determines what's the best cut that you got or what extra scenes that nobody thought anything of, um, you know, ought to be put in and in what order. So I think by the time it goes from your computer to a screen, so many people have had their hands in it. Uh, to, to get it to that stage. And it's a very collaborative thing to do. Uh, and some authors don't like that. Like they like to write the right. book and they want the story, you know, they need a good editor, but like the story is the story and, and they don't want to be involved in that whole collaborative thing. Because I've heard people tell me that I wrote the story and the one I saw on screen wasn't at all what I intended it to be. And I'm okay with letting go. Like, you know, I, 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 write the best story I can, give it to others, and I let go of it and watch it be transformed into something better, something visually great. And so I'm okay with that. Because in the end, it's about experiencing the story visually. And, you know, sometimes they do a better job at, at, at that part. And I'm okay with that. <laughs> <laughs> So that's why Glenn Acosta is a screenwriter. <laughs> that's right. Stay in my lane. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Well, I want to thank you so much for being here and talking to me. I really did want to sit down and talk to you. I, I think you're a very creative person, and I enjoy speaking to creative people. So thank you. Thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure, and hopefully we'll get to do this again someday and, oh, please. and talk about a movie. Yeah, please come back and update me as you're going along. I mean, it's when, uh, you know, at any point along the way, we have something interesting to talk about. You know, you're writing something new. Please come back. I'd love to pick your brain. I'd love to sit and chat with you. So hopefully the next time there's going to be a red carpet and you're, going, you're on the list of invitees. You're, you're in the after party. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Count me in. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> so I, I look forward to that. I think I see many bright lights in your career, you know, heading your way. So thank you so much. And it was a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Glenn. So All right, take bye, care. everybody. Bye.